KMTT, Kimitzion Tetzei Torah, www.kimitzion.org. And today is Thursday. Rabbi Shir by Harav Asaf Bednash, and issues in Hilchot, Hilchot Shabbat. Today's shear will deal with making egg salad and tuna salad on Shabbat. In preparing egg salad or tuna, let's say for Sudash Lishit, we encounter potentially two of the 39 avot melacha. Number one, we have to take the egg and chop it up or take the tuna fish and chop that up so that we can subsequently mix it which might fall under the Av Malacha of Tochein. And number two, we then mix it with mayonnaise, perhaps some other ingredients, which might fall under the Av Malacha of Lush. So we have to deal with the Av Malacha of Tochein, grinding, as well as Lush, kneading on Shabbat. The first issue is by far the simpler issue, halachically. There's a Machloket Rishonim, in Shabbat, Daf Ayin Dalad Amid Bet, whether there is Techina Beochlin or not. <coughs> Tosvot is, uh, and the Rush are of the opinion that Ain Tochin Beochlin. There is no Isser of grinding in ready to eat foods. The classic example of grinding. Um, in the building of the Mishkan, perhaps involved grinding up herbs to be used for dyeing the various fabrics. But in the, in the Gemara, the classic example of grinding is grinding wheat to make flour. Now, when you grind wheat to make flour, <coughs> that is clearly a malacha, a work type of action, because it is a preparatory stage. First, you grind the wheat into flour, and then you knead it, and then you bake it. It is clearly not something done as part of the eating process, but rather something done as part of the industrial process of preparing food for the market. However, if we were to chop up or grind something which is already edible, like, say, a hard-boiled egg or cooked tuna fish, that becomes very much more borderline. On the one hand, we are chopping or grinding, but on the other hand, this is something we're ready to eat. We're about to, or we at least could be, about to put in our mouths. Perhaps this is part of the eating process and not part of the industrial preparation of food preparation process. So this, as I mentioned, is a machloket rishonim, tosvot, and the rush. Uh, we're of the opinion that ein trina ba'ochlen, that it is permitted to chop or grind any ready-to-eat food, but the Ureim and the Orzarua and the Rashba and the Ran and many other Rishonim or Machbir and assume that the Av Melacha of Tochein, the prohibition of grinding or chopping, applies to all materials. Halacha Lama'aseh, the Mechaber in Siman Shin Chaf Aleph, Seif Yud Bet, is Machmir and assumes that yesh trina be'ochlin, hamechate chayerech dak dak chayev mishum tochen in his language, he who chops up vegetables finely is chayev, has violated the iser de'oraisa of tochen, of grinding on Shabbat. 
<coughs> so just the fact that hard-boiled eggs and tuna fish out of the can are ready to eat does not in and of itself permit grinding or chopping them up. However, the Shulchan Aruch in the same Siman Shin Chaf Aleph, Se'if Tet, quotes a psak of the Trumat Hadeshen, which tells us, Mutar Lachtoch Basar Mivushalotzli Dak Dak Pesakin. It is permitted to take a knife and chop up cooked meat into fine particles. Why is that? The Trumat Hadeshen makes a compromise. He said, there is an existing ambiguity as to what items the Avmalach of Tochen applies to. We know that many of the first Avmalachot, Avot Melacha, rather listed in the Mishnah and Shabbat Tafayim Gimel, those involved in preparation of bread, only apply to Gidule Karka, only apply to that which grows in the ground. Ein Disha Elabigidule Karka, Ein Imur, the Gemara brings a machloket, that perhaps Ein Imur Elabigidule Karka, the malach of threshing, the malach of gathering, only apply to that which grows in the ground. It seems clear, although there's some ambiguity, but uh, for our purposes we'll, ta- we'll assume that certainly the malachot of plowing and planting and harvesting only apply to <coughs> How about grinding, toching? So, <coughs> there is an opinion, there is a possibility that ain't tochen el karka, that perhaps the avmalach of grinding only applies to that which grows in the ground. So, it's not clear whether the prohibition of grinding applies to ready-to-eat foodstuffs. It's also not clear whether the prohibition of grinding applies to those items that do not grow in the ground. We paskin like the Truma Tadeshen, who makes a compromise. He says, there is Tchina Shalob Karka. The prohibition of grinding applies to that which, even to that which does not grow in the ground. And Yesh Tchina Ba'uchlan, the prohibition of grinding applies even to ready to eat foods. But, Ein Tchina Ba'uchlan She'inon Gedule Karka. When you have something which is in two ways different from the classic tochein process done in constructing the Mishkan and listed in the Mishnah and Masechet Shabbat, when you're grinding something which both does not grow in the ground and is a ready-to-eat food, in which case it is two steps removed from the classic example of grinding wheat or herbs, we say the Avalach of tochein does not apply. Therefore, we follow the Trumat Adeshen and assume it is permitted to chop up anything which meets two criteria. A, it does not grow in the ground, and B, it is a ready-to-eat food. Since both tuna fish and eggs do not grow in the ground, and in addition, both the cooked tuna fish we buy in the can and a hard-boiled egg are ready-to-eat, therefore the Avmalachav Tochen does not apply to them whatsoever. And it is permitted to chop up or mash tuna fish or egg salad. There is only one caveat that we must recall, which is that the Shulchan Aruch tells us a little later that even when it is permitted to chop something, such as various other examples listed there, it is forbidden to use 
a specialized grinding instrument. Because of uvde dechol, because it is an activity which is too reminiscent of a process which is one of the 39 avot melacha. Therefore, even though it would be permitted, and if we read the language of the Shulchan Aruch carefully, we see, mutar lachtoch basar dak dak bisakin. It is permitted to finely chop cooked meat, or in our case, cooked fish or cooked eggs, with a knife. But it is not permitted to use a grinding machine or a grater to chop them. Thus says the Shulchan Aruch in the very next halacha, asur legror ha-gvina b'shabat b'morag charetz ba'al pifiot shekarim raliyov. Although it is permitted to chop up cheese on Shabbat because it does not grow in the ground and it is ready to eat, it is forbidden to grate cheese using a grater because that would be uvde dechol. That would be the... Uh, <coughs> That would be an activity which is too reminiscent of milacha. Therefore, although it is permitted to chop up or mash the tuna fish or the eggs, we may not use a grater to grate the eggs to make egg salad. And likewise, if one was perhaps trying to prepare food for a baby, one would not be permitted to use a magic mill or some other type of grinding instrument to grind up cooked meat or hard-boiled eggs on Shabbat. So we can conclude then that it's permitted to chop up with a knife or a fork the tuna fish and egg salad and hard-boiled egg on Shabbat, but it is forbidden to use a grater or grinder or other specialized grinding implement. What about an egg slicer? So, Rav Shlomo Zaman Orbach, quoted in the Shmirat Shabbat Kilchata, is Mekil to use an egg slicer to chop up an egg on Shabbat. Not everyone necessarily agrees, but Shlomo Zaman Orbach Paskin's Lakula. One of his reasons is that an egg slicer is not to be considered a real professional chopping instrument because they don't use it industrially in stores or, uh, or, area or caterers. His main reason was that an egg slicer, the egg slicers we usually use, do not chop up an egg into many little pieces. The main use of an egg slicer is to slice the egg into slices. But those slices are large slices, however. And that's not considered tochen grinding. That's merely slicing it. It's like slicing challah. It's not tochen. Even if you cut thin slices of challah or of Moshe Feinstein Paskins, that is not tochen. Because each piece is still very tall, and very wide, even if it is very thin. So Shlomo Zaman Orbach says very cleverly, even if one wishes to dice an egg by putting it in the egg slicer, slicing it, rotating 90 degrees, slicing it again, rotating 90 degrees, slicing it again, so it comes out all diced into tiny pieces. Nonetheless, since the main intent of an egg slicer is not to dice eggs into tiny pieces, but to slice them to large slices... Therefore, it is an implement whose main use is for slicing, not for grinding, chopping, or dicing. And it would not be considered a kliham yuchad letchina. It would not be considered a utensil specifically intended for grinding. And therefore, it would be permitted to chop your hard-boiled egg on Shabbat with your fork, to cut it with a knife, or even to put it in an egg slicer, rotate it 90 degrees, 
cut it the other direction, rotate it 90 degrees, and slice it again so that it becomes many, many small pieces. Because the kli is not intended for dicing, but rather intended for slicing large slices. Of course, before we leave the Av Melechav Tochein, we should point out that <coughs> this lenient stance applies only to the tuna fish or the hard-boiled egg. If one adds vegetables to tuna salad or egg salad, onions, cucumbers, pickles, celery, whatever they may be, since the vegetables do grow in the ground, we paskin yesh ochlin that the, uh, the prohibition of tochin does apply even to ready-to-eat vegetables if they grow in the ground. Therefore, it would not be permitted in any way to chop up the vegetables into small pieces on Shabbat. Uh, the only way to permit chopping up vegetables on Shabbat is to cut them into larger pieces instead of small pieces. The next challenge that meets us in preparing egg salad or tuna salad on Shabbat is the Av Malacha of Lash, of kneading. Nowadays, most people prepare egg salad and tuna salad by mixing either the chopped up egg or the mashed up <coughs> tuna with, uh, or rather either the, cha- the egg or the tuna, with mayonnaise. Now this would seem to fit the classic definition of the Avmalach Avlash, kneading. We mix a solid with a liquid, although mayonnaise is not a liquid. It does have that glue-like property. And just as when you mix flour and water, it becomes a mass of a dough, so too when you mix most things with mayonnaise, they stick, it sticks together to become a mass. And that would seem to fall under the Avmalacha of Lisha. Now, first we will discuss, theoretically, what we would have said halachically about whether making egg salad and tuna salad is prohibited under the category of lisha, of kneading. And then we will discuss the minhag. The avalachav lush has two stages. There's a machloket tanaim and daf kufnun hei Ahmed Bet of Masechet Shabbat and Adaf Yud Chet between Rebbe and Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda. Without getting into the details, the main point of the Machloket seems to be what action is primarily considered the action of Lisha, of kneading. Rebbe focuses on Nitinat HaMayim, on the mere pouring of a liquid into the salad. If I have a bowl of flour and I pour the water in, Rebbe says that is the main act of Lisha, of kneading. Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda, focuses on, uh, <coughs> focuses on the gibel, on the actual kneading, when you take your hands and mush together the liquid and the solid to make it one mess. Halachalama aseh, we, bottom line, are generally machmir on both aspects of this machloket, and the shitot themselves are more complicated depending on the exact circumstances. But Chalama said we generally assume under most circumstances 
that it is forbidden to add water. It is forbidden to merely add the liquid and the solid in the same bowl. And it is also forbidden to subsequently knead them by manually mashing them together. In which case, in most she'elot, most questions that come up regarding the av of lisha, such as most commonly in preparing a baby cereal on Shabbat, one must worry halachically about the permissibility of the mere pouring of the solid, the flour and the water into one bowl, as well as the halachic permissibility of subsequently mixing them to form one unified food. In this case, however, if one were to make egg salad or tuna salad as many did in the old days by mixing in oil and other liquids, then we would have these two halachic issues. However, uh, Rav Simcha Banim Cohen, in his book, The Shabbos Kitchen, points out that nowadays, when we use mayonnaise, everyone must perforce logically agree that the mere adding the mayonnaise on top of tuna or egg in a bowl is not an act of lisha. Because unlike pouring water into flour, which immediately starts to combine into a dough or a batter, or for that matter, adding water into powdered uh, cement or into, uh, or into dirt, which becomes cement or mud, when one adds the mayonnaise onto tuna or egg, because the mayonnaise is so thick, it doesn't begin to mix with the food at all until one actually starts kneading and mixing it. Therefore, halachically, there should certainly be no problem merely placing the mayonnaise on top of the food because that act of nitinata, nitinata mayonnaise in this case, of putting mayonnaise on top of the food it cannot be considered a halachically significant or prohibited act because they don't begin to coalesce until one mashes them together due to the thickness of the mayonnaise. So our only challenge then is how to mix the tuna or egg with the mayonnaise. And here, we would certainly have thought halachically that the solution is to do a shinoi. This is a very peculiar phenomenon that we find in the avlacha of lisha, of kneading, as well as that of tochein, of mashing, of grinding, and perhaps one or two others, that Chazal permitted us to mix liquids and solids if we do it in an unusual fashion. This is quite peculiar, as normally the halacha is that melacha kalachar yad is pator valasur. If one does one of the 39 melachot on Shabbat in an unusual fashion, that is usually considered to be not prohibited midoraita on the Torah level, but prohibited midorabanan, prohibited by rabbinic decree. However, there are certain cases where the Gemara mentions uh, regarding Alicia, these are mostly found in Daf Kuftan Hamid Bet, Daf Kuftan Vavam and Aleph from Masechet Shabbat, where if one mixes a solid and liquid in an unusual fashion, Bishinoi, as they say, Vahanimi Lihudim Mishani, it's permitted if one does it in an unusually strange fashion, that becomes perfectly permitted. It is unclear why. There's a Shibali Aleket regarding the Avalach of Tochen, however, not Lush who suggests that perhaps we're dealing here with such significant changes and shinuyim, which are so unusual, that 
they are permitted because they are not just a little different, but very different from the normal way of doing the malacha. That is uh, perhaps questionable in some of these circumstances. It may also be suggested that because Chazal realized that some of these malachot were very necessary at times for us to accomplish on Shabbat, in certain cases which were uh, different from the classic Milachot, to which the Torah had in mind, uh, Chazal recognized that although we'd never uh, prepare, dough, prepare dough to bake bread on Shabbat, we might sometimes need to prepare some sort of food, which involves uh, a combination of a solid and a liquid. Therefore, they gave us a special dispensation because they realized how necessary it was to do this Malachah al-Yidei Shinoi in an unusual fashion, although in other Malachot, they forbade performing the malachah in an unusual fashion. Be that as it may, and, and I can't say that I have an authoritative answer to why we find this phenomenon of a malachah which is permissible as long as one does it in an unusual fashion. Why we find this phenomenon davka by the av of needing and one or two other places. But be that as it may, the fact is, it, the halacha clearly tells us that, as the Gemara says in Davkofnon Vavam and Aleph, as long as one does the mixing of the liquid and the solid in an unusual fashion, that becomes permissible. The unusual fashion, which is the least controversial, which all posts from agree, the Gemara intended to permit legamri under all circumstances is, to quote the line from the Gemara, in Masechet Shabbat, Hechi Mashani, how do we do it unusually? Amr of Yemer Bar Shlami, Erev. We do it up and down and sideways in a crisscross fashion. What does that mean? As opposed to the normal way of mixing something, which is that we put a spoon or some other implement in, and we move it around in circles till we mix the whole mixture and make it homogenous. Instead, we would put a fork into this egg salad, into the egg and mayonnaise, and use a downward stroke with the fork. Then we would take it out and push the fork sideways with a sideways, sideways stroke. And then again, downward stroke, sideways stroke, downward stroke, sideways stroke, stroke. Like we keep making plus signs in the uh, in the bowl which contains our tuna and mayonnaise or our egg and mayonnaise. That is such a different way, such an inefficient and abnormal way of mixing a solid and a liquid, or here a solid and a very, very thick liquid, such as mayonnaise, that... Um, that it makes it permissible to knead it in such a fashion. There is some debate among the postkim whether one can cheat a little. Perhaps instead of taking, making a downward stroke, removing the fork, making a sideways stroke, removing the fork, etc., perhaps just keep the fork in the bowl, but go sideways, and go back to the middle, go up and down, go back to the middle, go sideways, go up and down, etc. That is somewhat controversial. Most postkim, it's a machlok between where Moshe finds in the Chazan Ish, says it is preferable to be machmer in that case. And in any case, it's a matter of uh, Eitzah Tova. 
probably advisable to be machmir to remove the fork between each stroke, because otherwise one will certainly uh, unintentionally end up accidentally uh, mixing in the normal fashion, which is a routine that uh, one is so uh, used to performing all week long. So the best way to make egg salad and tuna salad then would be Put the mayonnaise on the egg or the tuna, and instead of mixing it the normal way, it might take you a little longer, but mix it with a downward stroke, a sideways stroke, downward stroke, a sideways stroke, etc. That would seem to be the theoretical halacha, and many modern-day postcoms say that this is the best way to prepare egg salad and tuna salad in order to be absolutely certain that one is not violating a malacha. However, the poskim all bring down that the minhag has been for a long time, apparently, that Jews have prepared, I believe not tuna salad, I don't think we've had cans of tuna for that long, but egg salad we've been eating for hundreds of years. And apparently for hundreds of years, Jews have been preparing egg salad on Shabbat in the normal way, the same way they do it, all week long. Just put the, in those days, I don't believe they had mayonnaise, but they added oil and other liquids uh, to the eggs and mashed the, just, you know, stirred them in a regular stirring motion like all week long and thus prepared their egg salad. And the postkim over the generations have worked hard to justify this minhag since this seems to be a, a minhag of long standing nature. And for many years, Yireyim Mushlimim, very pious Jews, have prepared egg salad in normal fashion. The poskim have searched for justification for this practice and have found many, many explanations, which may, none of which perhaps we would have been certain were correct in the abstract. I would probably have been somewhat suspicious of these if they had been suggested, ab initio as a nupsak halacha. But in order to justify the minhag, because of the authoritative halachic power of minhag Yisrael, the post can have justified the minhag in various halachic fashions. And one can justify this minhag in two different directions. Some post can have suggested that the very act of making egg salad, I think we can assume that whatever they say for egg salad applies to tuna as well, the very fact of making egg salad does not fall under the halachic category of lisha, of kneading at all. Why? One explanation is the Eishel Avraham, which is a parish on the back of the Shulchan Aruch, suggests that since when we make egg salad, we don't grind the egg into tiny particles like, like flour. Rather, the egg is it's in small pieces, but they're still big, recognizable pieces. It's not a powdery form like uh, when we use flour to bake bread. Therefore, since the egg and the tuna likewise are in relatively large pieces, the av of lisha does not apply. He suggests that the whole melacha of kneading was only meant to apply to mixing a liquid with a fine powdery solid. But mixing a liquid with clumps of solid was never the intent of the prohibition of lisha of kneading on Shabbat. Rav Shlomo Zalman Orbach, quoting the Shemirat Shabbat Kilchata, Perek Chet, Halachach of Gimel, brings up another issue, which is the uh, the Taz, 
is uh, is of the opinion that perhaps the amalachav leash of kneading does not apply to food that's already cooked. After all, kneading is normally part of the food preparation process prior to baking. You can't bake a bread or a cake until you knead a dough or a batter first. But if the food is already cooked, it's already ready to eat, then from then on, anything done is merely part of the eating process and not part of the preparation process. And therefore, the avlachav lisha, the malachav kneading, was never intended to apply to kneading foods which have already been cooked. Since eggs and tuna have already been cooked, the avlachav would not apply. Rav Shlomo Kluger brings up uh, another possibility, which is that perhaps, Ein lisha karka. As we mentioned earlier, there's some ambiguity about this rule of gedule karka. Which malachot apply to all materials? Which malachot only apply to that which grows on the ground? Shlomo Kluger suggests, although this is speculation, that Ein lisha karka, perhaps the malachav needing was only meant to apply to that which grows on the ground, to fruits and vegetables. Eggs and fish, which do not grow on the ground, would thereby be completely exempted from the prohibition of kneading. He also suggested, and this is a significant chiddush, this is a, a, a spec, certainly speculation, that perhaps there is no Torah of prohibition of kneading egg salad or tuna salad in any case, because the Torah prohibition of kneading only applies to the seven liquids mentioned in the Torah, which are water, blood, dew, milk, oil, honey, and Water, dew, sorry, water, dew, wine, oil, honey, blood, and milk. Perhaps I mentioned all seven uh, previously. And therefore, as long as one adds liquids, which are not one of those seven liquids mentioned in the Torah, they're not considered liquids and would be exempt from the prohibition of kneading. That is also significant chiddush. The Tzitz Eliezer mentioned that he heard an interesting svara, an interesting theory, which that perhaps the Avlachav Lisha, the prohibition of kneading only applies when one is attempting to make something into a mass by adding liquid, such as one does when one makes a dough in preparation for baking bread. But in the case of the eggs and the tuna, one is not interested in changing the texture by adding the mayonnaise. One is interested more so in changing the taste. And therefore, if one's intention is to change the taste and not to make it stick together into a solid mass, perhaps the Amalachav Lisha does not apply. Again, one could question in a contemporary situation what one's main intention is, but certainly in many of these cases, uh, one's intention may not be to stick it together into one solid mass, especially since the tuna fish is already a solid mass when it comes out of the can, and the egg is already a solid mass when it is hard-boiled. Rather, one's intention is to create a certain taste. So, we therefore have five theories which suggest that making egg salad and tuna salad is permissible because it does not fall into the category of lisha in the first place. Either A, because it is big pieces and not fine particles, B, because it is a cooked food, C, 
because it does not grow in the ground. D, because one is not using one of the seven liquids mentioned in the Torah uh, to mix with the salad. Or E, number five, because your intention is to improve the taste and not to solidify it. In addition, there are a number of theories have been suggested that even if making egg salad fundamentally falls under the category of lisha, the way we do it is already, for some reason, considered a shino in unusual fashion. Now, we don't have time to go into the details, but the Tehillah, the David, quotes to us the second line in the Gemara Shabbat, al-yad al-yad, that it is permissible to the Mishani, Hechi Mishani, Amr of Chista al-yad al-yad, is considered a shinoi, an unusual way of mixing if one mixes little by little. Now, there is some controversy as to under what circumstances that applies, and there is some controversy as to what's called little by little. But the Tehillah David speculates, and here he's perhaps going out on a limb, that if you're preparing one meal's worth, that's called a little. And I might have thought it meant a tiny bit by a tiny bit, which is very unusual. He suggested as long as you're only preparing one meal for your family, that's considered a little. And therefore, it'd be permitted to, in any circumstances, to, to lisha, to mix a liquid and a solid for one meal for your family, because that is considered only a little. Another suggestion uh, that the uh, Tzitz Eliezer points out is that, and this is controversial, the Gemara and Shabbat Daf Kuf Mem Aleph mentions some sort of mixing of a mustard dish, which is permissible as long as one doesn't beat it vigorously. There is a great degree of controversy regarding this. In the Shulchan Aruch, Simon Shin Chaf Aleph, Seif Tet Vav, see the Bir Halacha there as to whether this is actually the Gemara means to permit mixing a liquid and a solid so long as one does not beat it vigorously. But there is one opinion that tells us that as long as one mixes it gently and not vigorously, that's considered a shinoi, that's considered unusual. In which case, it would be permitted to make egg salad since we don't usually beat it vigorously. In addition, Rav Shlomo Zaman Orbach suggests, and this uh, is Toluyana Machloket, it depends on Machloket in the Marshal and the Bach, that our egg salad should be considered a thin batter and not a thick batter. And in a thin batter, there is more room to be lenient. Perhaps one, uh, perhaps one application of this observation of Shlomo Zaman Orbach's is that there is an opinion that uh, the Rav Shlomo Zaman Orbach suggests that it is a thin batter and not a thick batter, and a thin batter might not be included in the Torah prohibition of kneading, but rather only a rabbinic prohibition, in which case there are more grounds for being lenient. So we've seen then, there are five explanations that speculate that perhaps preparing tuna salad and egg salad does not fall under the prohibition of kneading in the first place, and two explanations either that speculate that the way we prepare egg salad is always considered unusual, even if we think we're doing it in the usual fashion. Either the tila, the david, because we are merely mixing it little by little, or the tzitz eliezer, or, or the tzitz eliezer because we do not beat it vigorously. In addition, Shlomo Zalman suggests that we may not have to worry about the biblical prohibition of kneading here, 
because perhaps we should consider this a thin mixture and not a thick mixture because it is not as thick as dough, certainly. And therefore, we could certainly rely on the above leniencies in making egg salad or tuna salad on Shabbat. So, halacha l'ma'aseh, the modern-day postgames, such as the Shmirat Shabbat Kilchita and various English books, such as uh, those of Rabbis Ribiat and Simcha Bonim Cohen, tell us that Shirat Adin, the strict halacha, would have to permit making egg salad and tuna salad in the normal fashion on Shabbat, because if that is the Minig Yisrael and the Poskim have worked so hard to justify it, then the Minag has an authoritative role to play in Paskim Halacha. However, many of these firms suggest that since it is not very difficult, it might be better or praiseworthy to go back to what we said previously and mix the tuna salad and egg salad in an unusual fashion on Shabbat with crisscross strokes. And this becomes, to a certain extent, a matter of philosophy. There are probably those who would say, if this is the Minig Yisrael and this has been justified by the postkim, then why be more machber? There might be others who say that, if possible, and it's not too inconvenient, it would be better not to have to rely on explanations and leniencies and to prepare it in a way which is certain not to fall under any prohibitions. This is a decision best left to the individual.